Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of Straight Talk. We had a lot more we wanted to ask Portland City Commissioner Mingus Maps during our main Straight Talk episode. You can find that on KGW's YouTube channel. But we ran out of time, so we're going to ask a few more questions in this bonus round. Thanks again for being here, Commissioner Maps. And as we talked about in our main episode, you have announced that you're running for Portland mayor in 2024, the first candidate to do so. And one of the important issues that we didn't get to in the main episode is climate. Yeah. Because Portland has really ambitious climate goals yep. to cut carbon emissions by, I think it's 40% in five years, yeah. 50% by 2030, net zero by 2050. As mayor elected, how committed would you be to achieving those goals and how would you do it? Oh, I'm all about implementation. The plan is to reduce our carbon uh, emissions by about 40% in the next uh, five years or so. Um, I think we can get there. Uh, these carbon emissions largely come out of two spaces. Uh, one, transportation, and I have a lot of control over that now, and the other is housing. Uh, we can achieve these goals by, you know, uh, better insulation, heat pumps and whatnot in, in the housing space, and then over on the transportation side, you know, supporting the conversion to um, electric transportation options, public transportation options, biking. Um, if we can do both of these things, and I believe that we can, we can actually dramatically reduce the amount of carbon that goes into our air, which is incredibly important. We all remember the heat dome of a couple of years ago. I'll tell you, we have a, a forest fire out uh, by Bull Run right now, which is remarkable, something we haven't really seen for about 600 years. I think the debate of, about whether or not climate change is real is over, um, and it's time for us to act. You mentioned the fire, the yeah. Camp Creek fire. You're the head of the Water yeah. Bureau, and that's burning near Portland's water supply, yeah. the Bull Run watershed. Fortunately, we have a little bit cooler weather. We did have some rain that's helped a little bit, but the fire is still burning, yeah. still out of control. How concerned have you been about it contaminating the water supply? Um, extremely concerned. Um, not so much about contaminating the water supply, but uh, this is a 1,900-acre fire, which is about 1.9 miles away from my headworks. The headworks is a, basically a, a facility that we use to do some very simple but important treatment of water. If that fire, which is less than two miles away from my headworks, I have to pull my staff out of there. We can't treat um, our water, uh, um, which means, you know, the fortunate thing is we do have a plan B, which is we can go to groundwater. Um, but even if, towards the end of the summer, our groundwater supplies are um, relatively low. Uh, so if we went to groundwater, we'd actually really need to ask Portlanders to reduce their water consumption. But the good news is we have about 500 uh, firefighters who are out there literally working around the clock, and they've been doing it for weeks. Uh, we have the fire about 16% contained at this point, and the rains are starting to come. Uh, I think my staff is starting to sleep again, but I will tell you, there was probably about a week there where uh, my folks in my office and folks in the Water Bureau were essentially not sleeping at all we're trying to stay on top of this uh, very scary situation. So bring on the rain. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, play, pray for rain, for sure. You talk about climate change, and um, we've seen some dead trees yeah. that may be attached to or associated with, yep. with climate change. You had a PBOT. We've talked about that. Just over two years ago, PBOT got federal infrastructure yep. money to plant 30 trees yep. in the East Portland neighborhood of Mill Park. And yep. the Willamette Week reported the city paid a contractor to plant the trees and water them for a year. That contract ran out last spring, but Peabot didn't keep watering the trees. Japanese maples, Douglas firs, redwood, many of them are dying or have died. Yeah. What happened there and how do you feel about sure. that? Sure. Well, um, I'm frustrated by that. I'm embarrassed by that and I've learned a lot from it. You know, what happened in that particular space is Peabot uh, had a significant infrastructure project. As part of that infrastructure project, we planted some trees. Uh, we had a plan in 
place to maintain those trees, I think for a year or two. Uh, but then after that year or two, we did not, the trees hadn't actually established themselves to the degree to which they could just survive without uh, some intervention, some watering and whatnot. What should have happened is we should have uh, negotiated uh, a contract with the urban forester program that we have at the city so they could maintain the trees. That connection didn't happen. Um, um, but moving forward, I expect this not to happen again for two reasons. One, I've ordered Peabot to review all of our are all of our infrastructure projects where we do plant trees let's have a plan for make sure that we making sure that we maintain them and then in about 17 months we're going to move to a new form of government which actually moves beyond the commission form of government so the barriers between uh, PBOT and the urban forestry program will really begin to uh, will disappear and uh, just making sure that we do that kind of uh, planning across time and across bureaus will get much simpler. Um, I think this is why we actually passed charter reform is to make sure that um, embarrassing situations like these uh, underwater trees don't happen again. Do you think communication will be better in the new form of government? Oh, I do. I'm sure they, they will be. Uh, um, and even before that, you know, one of the things that Ted Wheeler did, which I think was quite smart, is uh, he put all the infrastructure bureaus um, under me. So I have water BES and P bought. Um, and one of the things I do is I have my uh, my bureau directors literally meet together on a weekly basis to actually talk about how their how their projects intersect. And, you know, all the things I mentioned right there basically happen in the right of way in roads. You know, uh, BES uh, buries its sewer pipes in the road. Water buries its sewer pipes in the road. PBOT paves the roads. It's very important for those folks to talk to each other. Um, I think it's also important and a character that's been kind of missing from the conversation historically has been the urban forestry program because trees also happen um, in our road spaces. We've actually done great works with the Parks Bureau to bring the urban forester into these conversations. We're already doing a much better job. And uh, as we move forward to the new form of government in 2025, um, that's going to be how the city of Portland functions on a day-to-day basis. And you'll see that in infrastructure. You'll see that in permitting. You'll see that in public safety. You'll see that in houselessness. Uh, There really is a bright new day coming. A lot of Portlanders are concerned about what they see on the streets as far as drug use. Oh, my gosh, yes. And city council responded this week by passing an ordinance banning public drug use. It adds drugs to an already existing ban on drinking alcohol in public, which seems unbelievable to a lot of people that you cannot drink alcohol in public, but you can use fentanyl and meth. But there's a legal hurdle to your ordinance. The state currently doesn't allow cities to pass such a ban, which also seems a little bit strange. How much do you think this ordinance is going to make a difference? Do you think it's going to matter? Well, here, the way I look at it with the ordinance we passed, and it, this is crazy, and I, most Portlanders will not believe this, but, you know, as a member of city council, uh, we can uh, make rules about whether or not you can drink on the sidewalk, whether or not you can smoke cigarettes on the sidewalk, whether or not you can smoke cannabis on the sidewalk. But uh, due to state law, we do not have the authority to say uh, you cannot smoke fentanyl on, a, on the sidewalk. Uh, so one of the things we did uh, with the resolution we passed yesterday was uh, urge the state legislature to change the law so Portland City Council and every city council in the state of Oregon has the authority to actually regulate what drugs you can consume in the public right of way. I'll tell you, I was just at a Labor Day picnic with many state legislators, I think last Monday. Um, I think there is, I think that I think the legislature is going to respond to our request. And let me tell you why this is so important. I noticed that uh, um, literally today, uh, TriMet released a study um, basically on the impact of secondhand fentanyl smoke 
in our public transportation system. And they found that 98% of the surfaces um, in the TriMet, uh, on TriMet buses are contaminated with meth, and 48% of the surfaces uh, in TriMet buses and trains are contaminated with fentanyl. That's pretty stunning. It is stunning. Now, they're very low levels. I wouldn't necessarily uh, stop taking the bus or stop taking the trains, but that is a signal of how out of control and unregulated the public how consumption. How prolific it's become yeah, yeah, yeah. everywhere. Uh, it, absolutely. And it's, uh, I, it terrifies me. As you know, I got uh, um, little kids. Uh, no, well, now they're teenagers, but I remember them being little and we, we were a bus family and a train family. Um, and, you know, kids kind of lick windows on the bus and shoe on things. Uh, it's terrifying. It's unacceptable. Uh, I really want to take this moment to urge the state legislature to empower local governments to actually determine their own destiny when it comes to hard drugs like fentanyl and meth. And they meet again in February? I believe so. Um, one other question I have for yeah. you is the election's not until November 5th, yeah. 2024, and candidates can't officially file, so you're not really officially yeah. filed until June 5th of next year, five months ahead of the election. Why did you jump in so early? It's an incredibly important race. I really do think that the fate of the city depends on what happens in the next five years. Um, as we mentioned before, we see people fleeing the city, which has never happened before. We see people, thousands of people sleeping on the streets. We see homicides out of control. Uh, we're heading into a new form of government. Um, I very much believe that democracy is about dialogue, and we Portlanders need to come together and have a discussion about the kind of city that we want, uh, um, because if we don't have that discussion, if we don't have a vision, we um, um, risk uh, staying on this course, and the course we're on it, uh, means the city's heading in the wrong direction. It's not sustainable. Um, you know, I hope to retire at some point and hand the city over to my children, and I hope the city I, I hand uh, to my kids is a city that, you know, is prosperous. I hope that we're a center for arts and tech. Um, I hope that we're uh, um, an industrial hub. I hope that we're a place that uh, promotes equity, uh, equality, and opportunity. Uh, and if we're going to get this right, Portlanders really need to focus and get this next election right. You have a lot of goals. So. I do have a lot of goals. Uh, but I'll tell you, there's nothing wrong with Portland that cannot be fixed with, by what's right with Portland. So I'm very optimistic. And I very much encourage people to participate in this very important discussion. Commissioner Maps, thank you for joining us here for this bonus episode of Straight Talk. We appreciate it. Thank you. It's a pleasure. And thank you for watching. We'll see you next week for Straight Talk.